0: Hey, this is Greg and Zach. Welcome back to the Harvestgate podcast. Today is the third in a four-part series exploring the four primary growth metrics by which we'll be measuring Harvestgate's success, maturity, unity, favor, and numbers. Today we continue with favor to find what it means to Harvestgate and how we'll measure it to track our progress as a church. Zach, good morning. Good morning, Greg. Great to talk to you. It's been a, a busy week. We started doing our services on Wednesday nights, um, and <clears throat> otherwise, it's just been so busy we've hardly had a chance to catch up. So I'm great to have this time with you this morning.
1: Yeah, it's kind of been like two ships passing in the night. Uh, <laughs> last right. last week over the holiday uh, weekend, you and I played a lot of disc golf. Some of it together, some of it separate, but. Um, and then this week is just like, we picked back up with normal life and yeah, we've just been doing the whole work thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That whole, that whole work thing. And, you know, I think, uh, times like right now we can be thankful to be working and, uh, for all the people that aren't, you know, uh, we hope things get back to some kind of normal sometime soon. Um, but let's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's dive in a little bit on favor, and let's start kind of at the top with just a definition of uh, what is favor as one of our growth metrics.
1: Yeah, so favor is a is an important thing within the church, and let me read you. I I googled the actual definition for favor, um, and the first one that pops up as a noun it says approval support or liking for someone or something uh and then uh another form of the verb is to act is an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual so that's like hey could could you do me a favor um in the verb tense it's to feel or show approval or preference for um and then another one is um often used as as a polite request uh, to give someone, so like I've given you a party favor or something along those lines. So what we're talking about is is kind of like those first three things: um, to feel or show approval or preference for, um, to and, you know acting in acts of kindness beyond what is normal, and just receiving approval and support um, or a liking for something. We want to be viewed in that way by the people around us, so last in our last uh, uh metrics podcast, we talked about inward growth or um uh, unity. today we're talking about those outside of the church um most specifically those uh who are unbelieving um who do not identify as Christian, uh, we want to behave in such a way, and act in such a way, and live in such a way that those outside of the church, even though they may not believe the same way that we believe, uh, that they respect the things that we're doing because we're acting with uh, such kindness and integrity outside or like in in the you can't see what I'm doing here but finger quotes out in the world out in the real world um when we're interacting with people on a regular basis so what we're wanting to do is to live high integrity high character lives um that 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 start a buzz with people uh, if you were to go and, you know, you could go and ask people about different churches, and some people will say, oh, they're a really great church. They're doing really great things for the community. Or maybe there was a scandal within a certain church, like a pastor had an affair with somebody, or the treasurer was stealing money from the church, or something along those lines. And it made it made headlines, and people say, well... What I've heard about that church is that like, there's a lot of sleazy people who are there. Uh, obviously, we don't want to be a church where people are like, hey, there's a lot of sleazy people there, but rather, wow, that's a church that uh, is just doing really great things for the community. And I think I've talked about this question before, um, but there's a question that kind of haunts me. And it's this question. If your church could be magically plucked um, out of where it exists, uh, would anybody notice and would anybody care? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we, we want to be such an impact for the community that people would notice and people would care if we did not exist so absolutely so that's that's kind of uh i don't know ground level of what it is we're talking about when we talk about favor
0: i'm interested uh in the comparison that you drew between uh favor and unity for example that inward versus outward can you talk again about that kind of directional aspect of these four metrics. Cause I think the last time we really, uh, talked about that in depth was back in the first episode, uh, maybe about a month ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So each of our growth metrics have a, have a directional out, uh, directional, um, I, I, I've lost the words, um, uh, maybe attribute. Yes. Thank you. Um, So growth in maturity is upwards growth. So that's our, are we growing in our relationship with God? Growth in unity is inward growth. And that's, are we growing as a faith community within the church? Um, Growth in favor is outward growth. So how are we growing in our relationships with those Outside of the church. Now again, mm-hmm. this could be um this could the probably the one that I prefer. Are we growing in relationships with our neighbors? Like our actual next door neighbors. Um uh, here's an example. A couple of days ago, uh I was driving down the road, like just around the block from where I live, and there was this huge, huge, huge tree limb that fell. Off and landed on somebody's front porch, and it looked like it just recently happened. I got out of the car, I went up to the front porch, um, and like it was still creaking and whatnot. And um, I didn't see any movement inside of the house. From all I could tell, everything, everybody was safe. But I went to the next door neighbor and I knocked on the door and I said, "Hey, do you by chance know is your neighbor home?" She says, "I don't know." Um, uh, I said uh she she said, I don't know. Um like I don't really know her at all. Mm, and, yeah. Um I was like, Well, do you know like do you have her phone number or anything like that? She said, No, I don't really know her. Um that is I think this will always be one of my primary things that I try to challenge people within uh the Harvestgate Church to do is that's to get to know your neighbors. Not saying you have to become best friends, but to get to know your neighbors, a lot of times it starts with with a a hand wave. You know, just as you're pulling into the driveway, or you're walking into the house, or when you're out front, you know, shoveling snow, or raking leaves, or working in the garden, whatever it is, uh, start with a a hand wave, a hello, some sort of a greeting, and allow that to turn into relationship uh, over time. So. Um, I think that you know when Jesus says, uh, "Love your neighbor as yourself, and the, the Pharisees say well who who is my neighbor? Um, well, I think that all of us can agree that the person who lives next door to us is our neighbor, so that is a very, very easy way to get to know your neighbors um, and to start loving your neighbors. and so I have relationships with my neighbors now that um, uh, we borrow things from one another uh, hey can i borrow your your leaf blower hey can i borrow some like can i have some butter hey will you come over and watch my kids while i run out to the store real quick um, i think that that's a good way of it's a it's low hanging fruit as far as it goes for being in good relationship and finding favor with those outside of the church Mm-hmm. And here's the cool thing. Um, I now have um, two households in the one, two, three, four, five, six houses that are around me. Um, two of those households now attend the church that I was pastoring in. Um, and so it's so easy to um, just to build relationships with, with your neighbors. Um, and then, hopefully, to invite them into um, into the church or into relationship with Jesus, or even just into your house to have dinner or over to have coffee, whatever it may be. So, when we talk about favor, it could be as um, as proximal as uh, your next door neighbor, or it could be the entire city of which you live, or the entire state. Um, you know, some churches do, like, are so impactful for their communities that they, they get, um, you know, sometimes national, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, recognition because of what they're doing for the community. Um, now I'm not saying that we should do things just so that we get recognition, but, Mm -hmm. um, because uh, I do not believe that uh, all press is good press. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Not really a a, a good uh, principle for the church world, uh, for the believing world. So we want to make sure that we are living in such a way that people on the outside really love what it is that we're doing. And Greg, to be honest, um, that, like, you you kind of fall in both camps of uh, being in both in unity and in favor um, uh, because you are in and you're a part of the church of Harvestgate church yet you are also um, not uh, you don't identify as a believer. Um, and so uh, we want you to see that Christianity is not filled with hypocrites, but rather with people who are genuine, um, who are just regular people like you. Uh, so I don't know if that makes any sense, or uh, no, how you sure. feel about that. But.
0: <clears throat> I think, I think it does, and I. I like to think that I have a unique perspective inside of HarvestGate. I can kind of be like an internal focus group test, you know. Uh not that we not that we are hyper analytical and <clears throat> overly uh uh you know, uh meticulous about the way that we approach those types of things, but I do think that it gives us unique perspectives and viewpoints that can help form a uh a good kind of group uh, uh you know uh, i forget what the the right term is time mind or something right like we're all, yeah. we're all we're thinking together in a different way so um you know as as you were talking about favor a little bit you talked about that being an outward focus uh would it be fair to say that this is a metric that you know we've talked about uh connecting with neighbors is this where uh how like the model of Harvestgate really shines a little bit in giving opportunities to you and to other people within Harvestgate to go out and engage in the community, engage in uh, business in the marketplace and meeting people and connecting with them that way.
1: Yes, great question. Um, so we have four questions um that we ask ourselves again well i think we talked about it in our last uh in our last uh, measures series episode um that it's not like we have an excel sheet that says well how many conversations did you have with people and how many bags of groceries did you deliver to people um we so we don't necessarily have like a spreadsheet that we're accounting for these things so we're 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 listening for things that people are saying and doing. Like this week, I went over and I was able to, uh, you know, to buy groceries for my neighbors or you know, something along those lines. We're also listening to things that people aren't saying, um, and so if we aren't hearing people talking about these things, then it's time to uh, perhaps put some focus uh, on these kinds of um, these ideas. So four questions that we. And and these aren't the only four questions, but these will just I think they're good general questions. Um, so are people uh, practicing excellence in their work? I have a personal philosophy of of ministry and worship that our work is intimately tied to our worship. And so you can go throughout the Old Testament and New Testament and see that our, um, uh, so in Genesis chapter two, uh, we read that God put Adam in the garden to work the field, uh, and to take care of it. Uh, that word work is the Hebrew word Aved, uh, but it's spelled, um, the transliteration for it is A B E D. Um, And that word is used elsewhere in the Old Testament to refer to worship or service to God. Uh, And so, not exclusively, but that is a word that is used to talk about worship. And so our work and our worship go hand in hand. Also, when we do really good work, it causes people to pay attention. It's a way to show, um, to, favor, uh, to show favor towards other people and also, hopefully, to receive favor from other people. So, um, for example, this past week, uh, a friend of mine and I have been building a deck for someone. Now, this deck, uh, we have been remodeling it um, and updating it, so there is already an existing deck, and while we were building that deck, we noticed some things that the person who built it before us um, did not do to make it structurally sound. Now, the deck didn't collapse, there was no tragedy or anything like that, but there were we're we're in agreement that there were probably some corners that were cut. Um things that if you're not in, oh, go ahead.
0: Well, you know, I was going to say I've I have built a deck myself and I've seen people build decks and they don't usually have a lot of corners that are cut. They tend to be pretty square. So, cutting corners <laughs> not a good plan with deck.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um and so there have been things along the way because we had plans as to what we were going to do and a schedule for what we were going to do each day and to accomplish. uh there were things that were unforeseen for us that uh, we said, I think the way that uh, my buddy said it was uh, you know lesser men if they were doing this, they probably would have found a way to cover it up, and we definitely could have done that, uh but we also believe that our work is intimately tied to our worship. And we also believe that we want to make sure that we are giving really excellent service and product to people that we are serving. Um, And so as we found these things, we've told people about them um, and uh, we've told our customers about them and they have been incredibly pleased and grateful that we've done that. Um, and so when we talk about doing excellence in our work, um, it is a really, really good way uh, to, to love people. And so I think we've all worked in work environments before where people do the bare, bare minimum because um, that's all they have to do. But imagine a world... Um, or imagine a church where the people um, did excellence in their work all the time. What that would do to—I really, 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 really hate using this word, but it's—it's it's something that people will understand. Imagining, um, imagine the marketing um, capability that would have to say, mm-hmm. "Listen, all everyone from Harvestgate, like or or." All of these people uh, do really good work. And the common thing that they have or the thing that they all have in common is that they they all go to Harvestgate. Um, So I don't know what is happening there at Harvestgate, but uh, wow, what a what an incredible. You know, what an incredible witness, so to speak. Um, And so that goes both ways. So if you're a boss, how you treat your employees. Is a way uh, to show favor because, you know, when we get to the point, uh, hopefully one day down the road, that we have a coffee house. uh, I plan on not just hiring Christians, but I want to hire people of all walks of life and all walks of and all different faiths and things like that. I want the way that I treat my employees to be a witness um, to 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 those employees um i want mm-hmm. um uh similarly i want the way that we as a company um the the way that we behave to be a witness to our customers uh i want um and and so on maybe not from a boss's standpoint but from an employee standpoint uh if we do really excellent work uh then bosses take notice and here's the thing, even if bosses don't take notice, it's still good to live a life of integrity and always work with excellence, always. So we would say, are people practicing excellence in their work? Another question that we would ask is, are people blessing those around them? So um, are we you know, performing acts of love and kindness? We, you know, we call those uh, random acts of kindness. Are people practicing generosity? Uh, Are people practicing hospitality? Uh, Are people encouraging other people? Um, And so, I love stories. Um, uh, You know, i've I've given uh, loose change or bought grocery. uh, You know, like bought a sandwich or something like that for countless homeless people. And that's all well and good. But my favorite times that something like that happens is when I actually start seeing them around town and I know them by name and they know me by name. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, there are, there are a couple of homeless people where we know each other by name and it's not just, well, there's a homeless pe- person. Uh, there's, uh, there's uh there's one, one person who, who sits out at the, the highway and, um, what i uh, a story that I really love is that it was cold one day, and my daughter, Lily, was really upset. She says, "Well, what's going to happen? Um, I'm not going to say his name, uh but uh, what's going to happen to this person um he's going to be cold, and he's probably hungry, and so it's also a great way to teach our kids when we start living in these kinds of ways um and it doesn't have to be only homeless people, you know, it could be well, I'm gonna buy coffee for the person behind me in line." Um, it could be, I'm going to help my neighbor change the tire on their car. It could be, uh, somebody was, uh, car was broken down. I helped him push it out of the road, whatever it may be. Those are our little things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, there's a, a there's a saying, it's kind of cheesy, uh, but it's really good and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but, um, I think, I think often what happens in the church is that we look, or just in the world in general, we want to, to do acts of kindness that will change the world, right? So, oh, I want to go build an orphanage in Africa for, and, you know, that's all well and good. If you can do that, go do that. Um, but there's a, there's a saying It says, you, you may not have changed the world by doing what it is that you did, but you might have changed somebody else's world. Um, my sister one time was driving back from Columbus and it was kind of rainy, just kind of a crappy day. And she ended up rear ending somebody on the highway. And, um, the guy was really gracious, but you could just tell that he was having a bad day. And she said, I am so sorry. And she's very apologetic. Um, she got his phone number and she says, you look like you're just having a bad day. Can I give you a hug? um and uh, she gave him a hug and um i don't know if it was in that moment or if he called her or texted her later but he said um you have no idea how important or like what what it was that you did mm-hmm. um i was on my way home to go kill myself and mm-hmm. and this happened and you giving me a hug and being so kind to me showed me uh, that there's still good in the world. <laughs> and so that act may not have changed the world, but it changed somebody else's world. Um, and I love that story. And I'm really proud of my sister for, for um, it's one of my all time favorite stories. But so are we blessing people around us? Um, are we, are people another question we'd ask is are people serving outside of themselves? Um, so mm-hmm. are we giving as there's an, so, uh, we talked about, uh, Acts chapter two verses 42 through 47. It says, and everyone sold all their possessions and gave as there was a need. Um, it, and so are people giving as there's a need? Uh, so, uh, we haven't really had an opportunity to get into this yet seen as we're doing what it is that we've been doing uh meeting online but a, a something that I want to get into the habit to is if there is a need within the church or or there is a need that is found uh, so if if greg if you were to come to church and say hey my neighbor uh their car just crapped out uh, or their mm-hmm. brakes just went out and it's going to be four hundred dollars for them to replace it, and they can't afford breaks, and so now they can't go to work, and blah blah blah. Um, something that I want us to do as a church is when when a need is presented, that we do something to meet that need within twenty four hours of hearing about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, making sure that we're serving outside of ourselves. Are we praying for others? Are we visiting other people? Are we caring for other people? Um, are we um w- nobody likes moving, right? Um, and I've I've seen a, a a bumper sticker on a truck. It says, Yes, I have a truck. No, I will not help you move. <laughs> um, um so serving it, like there I, I think that we can get into this thing where, where serving other people kind of comes sexy, you know what I mean? Where it's like Hey, uh, uh, I've seen a, a cartoon with uh, a guy like handing a homeless person like a $5 bill and he's like mm-hmm. taking a selfie of himself doing it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a cartoon. But, um, you know, what if we started serving people and didn't do it for the recognition? Like if we didn't post about it on Facebook or, we, you know, or Instagram or whatever it is, but we just serve people. Um, and let the example of that. Um, it, it's kind of funny in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says um, the right hand shouldn't know what the left hand is doing. Don't do things so that um, so that you'll get credit for it more or less. Cause when you receive applause, you've received your reward. Um, but then mm-hmm. like in the, in the same passage, he says, let your light shine so that everybody can see. And you're like, wait a minute. These sound like contradictory statements. <laughs> um, but what he the point is is we should not do things for the recognition but when we do things and it's recognized and we give glory to God we should celebrate that if that makes sense um so um learning to you know if we are going and helping our neighbor move or whatever the case might be somebody within the group hey my brother-in-law like if on Wednesday night we have church and somebody says hey um next week my family is moving would uh would any of you be willing to come help and it's on you know it's on like a holiday weekend and you're like it's my first weekend i've had not working in a month but you're like so serving outside of yourself is serving when it's not sexy um when when it brings when it brings little value to you but it brings lots of value to other people um That's what I, that's what I mean when we talk about serving outside of ourselves. Um, and then, um, uh, this one is very similar, but are people engaging in missional activities? So that's like everything that we just talked about. Um, but like, are we serving in, um, at maybe nonprofit organizations? Are we going to schools and helping kids, you know, read? Are we helping in the classrooms? Are we uh uh you know this um this week we had the tragic um the tragic killing of a of a of a man in Minneapolis um and uh the the George Floyd murder um and so are we, I'm not saying we necessarily need to go and protest these kinds of things, but are we fighting for justice, for racial reconciliation? Are we uh, fighting for equality of all people, regardless of your skin color, your ethnicity, your uh, gender, your sexual preference, your um your religious beliefs. Are we fighting for equality for people? Uh, are we fighting for justice? Are we serving in community organizations? Um, these kinds of things are what brings um, favor to us. Uh, that that we show favor to the world outside of us, and the world uh, views us favorably as well. And so there are some. Um, uh, there are some. Bible passages that inform this metric. Now, I just want to read a couple of these to you. Um, Romans 12, verses 14 through 19 says this. "He says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but we, but be willing to associate with people of low position. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. So like the, the, that's a great passage, but my favorite verse in there, it says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Uh, and then in, um, I believe this is First Peter chapter 2, um, verse 11 and 12, it says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will, be, they will see your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. And then in 1 Corinthians nineteen, nineteen through 23, um, Paul says this, Though I am free and I belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew uh, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one uh, under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. So, as to win those not having the law to the weak, I became weak to win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings and so we just see this this theme that we need to to behave favorably so that we can, as far as it depends on us uh, be in favorable standing with the community around us, regardless as to whether or not the community around us ever comes into a faith, uh, a believing faith in Jesus.
0: You know, this particular uh, growth metric, and I don't want to say that I'm not enthusiastic about all of them because I'm enthusiastic about Harvestgate's success across the board but this is the one that got me excited i think when you had initially brought uh and sort of presented the idea of harvestgate to emily and i uh it was the idea of making an impact in the community and doing it not for recognition not for your instagram likes or your youtube channel or whatever but doing it just because uh if people If there were more people in the world doing the right thing just because, then the world would be a better place, right? Uh, So, you know, obviously, if somebody's doing it for recognition, uh, it's great that they're doing a good thing. But, you know, you were talking about uh, the, you know, taking a picture of handing someone $5. It's kind of like the people that uh, document their... You know, uh, uh, mission trip to the other side of the world, but are are they actually doing anything there, or, or is it just because they want people to see them doing something, you know, positive? Um, you know, I don't want to be overly cynical, but we certainly hope that they're just doing the the right, good thing because.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that a lot of times, um, again, I think that people can do things for the wrong motives. Um, mm-hmm. but a lot of times, um, uh, how do I want to say this? I guess the way that, what's coming to mind is you can have your cake and eat it too. You can do a good thing and be proud of doing that good thing. Um, but where, where it becomes yucky and unfavorable is when we do it only for the recognition, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, You know, there's been things that I I have been proud of um that were good things. Now there have also been times, um time of confession, where I have done things um and I became prideful about them. Um and I think that I think that there's a difference between being proud of something that you've done or that you've accomplished and being prideful about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Um and so uh, that is something that we, you know, we're told that, that Jesus judges the heart or he sees the heart. And so uh, I, I don't want to tell people that you shouldn't do anything and like everything that you should do, you should keep private and never tell a soul about it. For me personally, because by nature I am prideful, um, there are things that I have to do. Uh or the that when I do them, I do not tell anybody about I maybe might tell Liz like if I'm giving money away, it's usually good that she knows that I'm doing that since <laughs> uh, or sure, yeah. you know I get um and we're usually in agreement when we do those things um, mm-hmm. um but to keep my pride in check, I generally don't tell people um, but there are other times where if I do something. Uh, you know, I can't go around with like a like a with a mask. I, I, I'm not Robin Hood. I'm not, I'm not trying to do things in like with a secret identity, stealing from the rich to give to the poor. Um, so I don't think that I think there are some scenarios where it's good to be guarded and to to try to be as anonymous as possible. Yeah. Um, but then there, but I don't think that it's an exclusive statement that everybody has to hide everything that we're doing. Because um, we do need to let our light shine. Absolutely. <clears throat> um,
0: is there anything that you would like to say in closing about uh, this particular metric and uh, and how it, you know, maybe ultimately some of the things we'd like to see come from our focus to this?
1: Yeah, I would say that you know we've talked about our values um, series and. And one of our values is that we are um kingdom oh uh, focused. sorry thank you, thank you, thank you, Greg uh that we are kingdom focused. and I think that this this metric is the one that distinguishes us from being church focused um to kingdom focused um Church focused, you know, church focused or solely inward focused would work on spiritual maturity, um, unity, and numbers. But mm-hmm. this uh, favor with the community, I think, is what is what keeps us from being only navel gazers uh, to being people uh, of the kingdom. And so, all of our metrics are important um for they 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 paint a i don't want to say a complete picture because we'll never be perfect and we'll never you know uh, but it can it, it it paints a much fuller picture um and the other thing i would say about this is this is probably the metric that um might be the most difficult to to um to enumerate maybe sure. Yeah, that's a good good plug there, Greg. <laughs> um, um to measure, because there's there's a lot that happens within finding favor and living favorably with people that does not seem again, air quotes, spiritual. Um and so People are like, you know, people might be skeptical of saying, well, you're just going to schools and sharpening pencils for teachers. What like, what spiritual value does that have? <laughs> uh, you know, you just changed a tire for somebody. What spiritual value does that have? Uh you just you know, whatever it may be, you just help somebody move. What spiritual value does that have? Mm-hmm. Um and the reality is, is everything is spiritual. There is no, there is no divide between the sacred and the secular um especially for us for those of us in the like who do identify as believers uh who do identify as christians everything is spiritual every every uh, act we we do every attitude we espouse uh is all spiritual now it doesn't mean that we're just happy-go-lucky people that like nothing's ever wrong and that we always do things perfectly. But when we start to understand that everything is spiritual, uh, then it changes our attitude. It changes the way that we behave. I'm going to be honest. I used to be a bare minimum work kind of guy. I used to be a let's get this done as quickly as possible. Um, And I always would joke with people I'm not a perfectionist. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm a, that's a close enoughist. Um, but, um, God has shown me over the, over the last many years that excellence is, is incredibly important. I challenge our kids all the time, uh, especially Lily, who's our oldest, who's in school. I said, you know, we tell them, you don't have to do things perfectly. Because you won't be able to do that all the time. Um, however, you do have to give your very best. If you are doing your homework and your very bad, be- like if you're not good at math and the very best that you can give is C plus work, then, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if the very best that you can do is A plus work and you're giving C plus work, that's not okay. Um, give your very best always and in doing so you'll show favor to people. Uh, and people will view you favorably.
0: Yeah, I would agree. That's something we're focusing on with Eli too. Is uh, and for him, sometimes is just a try. You know, he'll say, "I don't, I can't do it, I can't do it." But he's never tried to do it. So we're trying to get that. You know, it's okay if you don't do it. Great, but you have to at least try. Um, yep. So I think that's what we're going to try and do as Harvestgate is we're going to try. We're going to try and do our best and our best will be you know the the best that we have right um so i appreciate your time and kind of digging in deep into favor and we hope that it was informative as always for everyone who's listening uh thanks for listening and thanks again for your time zach it's been fun follow us on social media at harvestgate network
1: There are several ways you can engage with us and support the Harvestgate Network at Harvestgate.org.
0: You can subscribe to the Harvestgate podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you're as excited as we are about this project, please consider supporting us by sharing, joining our prayer team, or donating on our website.
1: Thanks for listening to the Harvestgate podcast, connecting faith to families, communities, and marketplaces.